0: So don't think you're not going to have a good time if you, you know, even think about looking at this. No, this is where life begins, not ends. This is where the fun starts. Mm, This is where the fun starts.
1: where you learn how to navigate life's journey through ancient wisdom. My name is Ruben, and today, me and Balakia will speak about the meaning of true satisfaction, if it's possible to achieve, and if so, how. So, happy to have you here, and let's go. I have so many quotes. I mean, I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we won't have time to cover them all, but I have so many f- from uh, scripture, you know, it's just, it's filled with things about satisfaction. I, I was surprised that it's so much.
0: Yeah, I'm, I got a couple of quotes about happiness because you can't be satisfied without happiness. You can't be happy without satisfaction. So you, you really can't separate the two. Yeah. No wanting satisfaction, you don't want anything
1: so um, today we're going to discuss satisfaction we We've been into this topic uh, you know in the last few uh, podcasts and discussing this you know in in different ways, indirectly. So I wanted us to sort of just target that topic specifically and speak about that from from the Vedic point of view.
0: Yeah good it's uh, it's a topic that everybody can relate to and everybody needs to know how to achieve it.
1: Yeah. So we um you know I was just reflecting that in the covid situation it's it's perhaps a situation where where people more and more get um get hindrances and and find difficulties in achieving the satisfaction that they're looking for you know you can't you can't go to the parties anymore you can't hang out with your friends like you used to you can't do all these things that you are trying to do to bring you happiness yeah
0: well yeah and and it's mm-hmm. <laughs> like you take take it away and people got nothing left like that's why people are so devastated by this <laughs> whole disturbance in their lifestyle mm-hmm. you know because their whole life yeah. is based on this concept of stimulating the senses by the alcohol and the drugs and the parties and the movies and the the sports they may be involved in and you know the sex life and on and on, and that that's their world, that's their life. So COVID kind of took a lot of that away, maybe all of it for some people. And what do they got left? They got nothing.
1: So, so I mean, that's that's a possibility as well. That that's a positive side to it, isn't it?
0: yeah I mean, well, <laughs> it can be a positive. You can turn a what they see as a negative into a positive, yeah because you know now you've gotta go deeper or you've got to start analyzing the shallowness and the temporary nature of your so called happy life
1: yeah mm-hmm. and uh, Which is-
0: but a lot of people don't don't take it that direction, they take it to the other extreme, and they you know increase the intake of alcohol and drugs just to become more and more unconscious numb you know devastated uh from the abuse and you know many are taking it to to the ultimate level of suicide yeah
1: which is i mean you've got to go to quite an extreme if you if you if you do But i guess there's a limit if you try everything and and nothing nothing works then i guess that's the last option
0: yeah you know like we've discussed many times you know we are spirit souls we're eternal spiritual personalities Mm. Mm. and the nature of the soul is to be happy to be satisfied and so that's why everyone is striving to achieve that because it's it's who we are it's It's built in. And when we're not experiencing that, we experience something's wrong. You know, something's missing. My life is not complete. My life is not full. You know. Hmm. So again, identifying ourselves with the body. I'm the body. And I think I want to be happy in this bodily world, this material world. So... We stimulate the senses to achieve some ephemeral, superficial, you know, semblance of of happiness and fulfillment, which quickly goes away. And when you you take that away, then you're just left with a with a vacancy that you don't know how to fill. And it's
2: mm.
0: so you know because by nature we are you know, supposed to be satisfied and, and happy. When we're not, it's painful, and you can't tolerate pain, you know, but to a certain degree, and the pain is on the mental level. You know, it's it's not physical pain. I mean, you know, you look at people who actually do attempt to commit suicide or are successful in doing so, and it's, you no. Know, I would say, I don't know percentage-wise, but 99%. It's not because of some physical pain, it's because of some mental pain, some mental instability, mental depression, mental disease, really. You know, health mm-hmm. of the brain, health of the mind. And so, you know, they, they decide, well, I can't stand the yeah. pain, I can't stand the suffering any longer. So their ideas cease to exist and therefore there will be no pain. And so they try to commit or do commit suicide
1: and this is uh, <laughs> i hope this is not this is quite a heavy start for this topic i was gonna make it lightweight <laughs> but we're starting straight into <laughs>
0: yeah you know it's hard to make you know this reality light because it's such a a heavy reality in our life you know yeah i mean what is satisfaction i'm mean, you can look it up in, in Wikipedia or whatever, but yeah, yeah. basically it's it's being full, being satisfied, being being uh, you know I don't want anything, I don't need anything, I have everything you know i've uh, you know I've been studying this philosophy for fifty plus years and you know of course this is you know one of the main tenets of this whole teaching. So let's say you walk into a a sports shop. And basically you've got all the gear you need and you're and you're happy with your gear you know it's it's fulfilling the role it's supposed to fulfill so you can walk down the aisles looking at this oh that's nice oh that's good but you already got everything you don't need anything you know like so you're not oh wow this is on sale i got to buy it oh You know, look at this new model of jacket. Look at these new skis. You already got it, and and you're basically satisfied with your kit, so to speak. But if you're not satisfied, the skis don't work the way you want them. The jackets doesn't fit right. You know, you don't like the shoes because of whatever reason. Then you're all about fulfilling that need, you know. I'm not satisfied with my shoes. I'm going to look at shoes, you know. So it's just, uh, go ahead.
1: No, that's what it seems like. I mean, the first scenario seems like a utopia, you know. (laughs) Just if I speak from my experience with equipment in this world, you're never happy. And if you are, then there's always a fashion, there's always a better thing, and there's always, you know, it seems like there's never really enough, like good enough.
0: Yeah, for the senses, senses are never satisfied, only swelling like the tide, you know. That's what George Harrison said in one of his songs. You oh, know. did he? Yeah. So, what was his solution in that song? It's a quite good song. We got to get out of this world, you know. We got to get out of the world because uh, you'll never be happy in this world, and and that's the bottom line. He realized that because he had contact with these teachings, he he applied these teachings and he came to that understanding. So, he made a song about it, and a lot of people listened to his song because of who who made it. If I made it, nobody would listen <laughs> mm. <laughs> but you know George Harrison, the <laughs> former Beatle, made it, and wow, let's listen to that one you know.
1: so, i i i have a i have a little quote that i and i'm reading this is something I heard in a from from the yoga wisdom from one of our spiritual teachers um uh, that I thought might be adding to something in this discussion he said um Where does real satisfaction lie? When people get tired of materialistic life, they know intuitively that such a life is not the way by which they can become actually happy. They burn out, so they know the path they're following is not the way to satisfaction. But they don't necessarily know how to become happy, what can satisfy the soul. Some turn to cocaine, some turn to suicide, others seek satisfaction in religion or philosophy that denies the existence of the suffering self. We just spoke about Buddhism, so this. They meditate on I am everything, I am everyone, or on I am not, I am zero. But it's still the denial of the existence of the individual self, getting rid of suffering, is the highest peace they know. Unquote.
0: Yeah, that says it right there, man. That's, that's it in a nutshell. You know non-existence is the highest peace they know. So a lot of people that come to yoga come looking for this alternative, you know, nihilism. And so Buddhism, like we spoke about last week, is very popular because that's the end goal, is to just cease to exist. Or the, the impersonalist Mayavadi philosophy, which we touched on as well, you know. Lose the individuality and become everything. You know, so you become everything, you become nothing. It means you don't have to deal with this personal dissatisfaction and disappointment and emptiness. And so, you know, it looks good. Oh, here's a religion, you know, be it the yoga philosophy or be it the Buddhist philosophy that, you know, says, I can solve the problem by becoming everything or becoming nothing. And it seems more bona fide or more okay than you know a bullet to the head, you know. So and and it's it's easier. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know, it's, it's not easy to pull that trigger because by nature, you know, we're eternal spirit souls. So the instinct is built in to survive, and try to go against that is not easy. That's why so many people kind of half-heartedly attempt suicide and and fail because they don't really want to be successful they kind of do and if it works well okay but you know they don't really want to go to the extreme of making it guaranteed like you know
1: because they're still afraid of the i mean they still have the feeling that i don't i want to exist somehow
2: yeah
0: i don't want to die i mean you know when people are confronted with death from any you know angle their first gut reaction is i don't want to die you know you know, we, we spend a lot of time in the mountains, don't we, in the back country, you know, hiking and skiing and so on. And, you know, there's the ever-present danger of avalanche if you're in, you know, certain situations. And, you know, just just three days ago, eight people in color in, uh, Utah got caught in avalanche, and four died. And I can guarantee you, before they took that run, they were saying, I hope it doesn't slide. I hope it doesn't happen. And when it did happen and they were buried, I can tell you because you usually don't die immediately in an avalanche, there was enough time to, for them to think, I don't want to die. It's that instinct, it's that built in realization that death is wrong. It's not normal. It's not natural. It's not who I am. You know? So.
1: But that's. <laughs> There's something in that, I guess, to, to push yourself to the limit. I mean, that's, I guess, another... Well, that's related, I guess, as well. You, you try to find the satisfaction through through always pushing more and more because what you are doing so far isn't, isn't enough. You know, it's not giving you enough. And when you have a little of it, it satisfies you somehow, but not really, like, in the long run.
0: Yeah. And so they turn more and more... Their drug is adrenaline. You know, just and overcome fear because there's fear built in with the survival instinct you know and they don't want to die and they're afraid that they might but part of the game is to overcome that you know and and just that's a sign of, of some type of internal strength you know work with the fear you know let the fear fuel some extra you know adrenaline Rush or energy or bravado or you know, something. So anyway, it's it's all connected with I'm not satisfied. This is this is the bottom line. It wasn't good enough. No matter how extreme it was and how many, you know, times people watched it in the movie that I just made. I'm not satisfied. I gotta go looking for a more extreme line or better conditions or
1: whatever. That's the, I was just before this we before we met now I just looking at some quotes and some videos from from Russell Brand you know I, he's 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 quite outspoken of the fact that you know he was trying and he had so much money you know on the shows and MTV and he was just but it burned him out he did, he felt that that wasn't that wasn't enough for me for him and that's just one example I mean you can look at different celebrities that have found the same you know yeah, and, and-
0: yeah, actually, there's a whole video of that of, of different celebrities, oh, you is. know, given their experiences of I achieved this; that was the goal. and He was one of them. He was actually I liked his <laughs> presentation the best. But anyway, it was a, it was a declaration of it didn't work. You know, what did he say? It wasn't worth it. You know, I sacrificed my life for this and that, and you know. I can tell you, I got it, I achieved it all, and it wasn't worth it. He was very graphic about the way he explained it.
1: I'm going to show this video to everyone who's looking at this afterwards or listening.
0: (laughs) Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah, so, but but the point is, I guess, where is satisfaction? You know? I mean, the Rolling Stones, so many years ago, that was in the... Early seventies, you know, when you know the 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 consciousness of young people, especially, was was changing, and and there was a whole nother way to look at life. You know, the the excitement of exploration of the inner self, and you know the 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 drug use and and counterculture and whatever, whatever. So the Rolling Stones, they were on the you know the tip of the spear, so to speak, and trying everything and. Certainly they had the fame and the fortune and, you know, all the sensual pleasures that they wanted at their fingertips, which, you know, they obviously explored. And what was their song? I Can't Get No Satisfaction. I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried. I can't get no satisfaction. So that was their ultimate conclusion, but they didn't know where to get satisfaction. You can know, I don't have it, but if you don't know where to achieve it, you still got the same problem. And then it becomes more desperate because you've already tried everything that others said would make you happy and satisfied or, you know, you yourself envisioned would make you happy or satisfied, and it didn't. And now you're really let down. You know, like, as long as there's a, a possibility, you know, like some carrot in front of the horse, something to run after, you know, it keeps you going. But if you run out of possibilities, then, you know, you're just kind of left in a dark space.
1: And, And it may be surprising to people, but I, before this talk, I was looking in our scriptures of Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita and, and it mentions satisfaction in Bhagavad Gita like 60 times and the word satisfy over 70 times so, uh, Bhagavad Gita th- or Srimad Bhagavatam which is a series of, of books um, like 400 times <laughs> so this is a main this is the main thing <laughs> of yoga
0: <laughs> yeah because it's the nature of the soul You know, yoga, our Vedic scriptures, Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, etc. This is messages for us, the spirit soul. This is telling us, first off, we're not the body, that all these things that you're pursuing is coming from your true identity. I want to be happy, I want to be satisfied, I want to be loved, you know. All that which everybody's, you know, pursuing is the soul's natural goal, And you can't not be like that. So even the Buddhists or the impersonalists that try to annihilate the soul, the identity of themselves, they can't achieve that either because as individuals, we're individual spirit souls eternally. You know, we can't cease to exist. So you may have some temporary illusion that you don't exist any longer, but you do. You know, and eventually you come back to the same point that you started from before. You know, okay, that didn't work either. (laughs) You know, that's why in Bhagavad Gita, which you just mentioned, and which which we study frequently, there's a text. And when we talk about happiness, we're talking about satisfaction. When we're talking about satisfaction, we're talking about happiness. I mean, you can't really, you know, separate the two. You know, they go together. And so, you know, in one of the verses, chapter 4, text 31, it says, "O best of the Kuru dynasty. This is a conversation between Lord Krishna and his great friend and disciple Arjuna. Without sacrifice, one can never live happily on this planet or in this life. What then of the next? Without sacrifice, you can't be happy, you know. But. What what sacrifice is is Krishna talking about here? What is he what is he referring to? You know, well, this this is kinda indicated in another verse it says, But ignorant and faithless persons who doubt the revealed scriptures do not attain God consciousness. For the doubt in soul there is happiness neither in this world nor in the next. Mm. So everybody's trying to be happy and satisfied, denying God, denying Scripture, denying spiritual authority, denying spiritual guidance. You know, so they're 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 trying to achieve the impossible, and this is referred to right here. You know, you you doubt the Scriptures, you you don't follow their guidance, you deny the existence of God, et cetera. You're destined to failure, you know. You you can't win, but we're so reluctant to do that that we're ready to fail lifetime after lifetime and come to the extreme measures of suicide or, you know, indirect suicide by, you know, overdosing on drugs, trying to be happy or, you know, destroying our livers through alcohol or, you know, dying in car crashes because... You know, alcohol or drug use or whatever. In other words, we're we're ready to destroy our 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 means of material happiness—the body, and the senses, and the mind. We're willing to destroy that rather than just listen to the spiritual authority, follow that which guarantees happiness. This is how reluctant we are to to deny our godship, our material, you know, affinity to to the world and, and the body and all the illusions that we're under.
1: You know? So we can't give it up, but giving it up is what we need to actually be happy.
0: Yeah. So we won't give it up in the way it should be given up. So we give it up by destroying it, the body, the mind, you know. But And also... It it shows all these attempts how selfish we are, because any person who, you know, commits suicide or becomes an alcoholic or a drug addict or, you know, is is destroying the lives of other people simultaneously, the people who love that person, you know, the mother, the father, the wife, the children, the friends, you know, we're all so connected to others, you know, so when we you know, act in this absolutely selfish way, you know, look at the damage we do to other people, but we don't care. You know, so we've become not only, you know, prone to destroy ourselves, but we've become so hard-hearted, we don't care about other people either. You know, all compassion for others is gone. You know, it, it turns into just a very, very dark existence.
1: And I have, actually, there's a quote again from scripture about, um, let's see if I can find this, um, it's, um, yeah, okay, so this is this is a purport of Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, chapter 4, text 27, and uh, Bhakti Swami says, perfection, perfection is never attained until one is satisfied at heart. The satisfaction of heart has to be searched out beyond matter. Unquote.
0: Yeah, beyond matter.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And these aren't new messages. This is not new news. (laughs) You know, Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, they were written down 5,000 years ago. You know, it's like this information is there, but we don't want it, you know. I don't want to hear that solution give me a solution that I want that I like you know so if somebody will say okay we'll take this pill and you can be happy oh I'll take that pill in a moment you see that's the drug ecstasy right in other words you know that's that's a relatively new drug it's not new new but you know there was a time not so many years ago when it appeared you know, in the life of the pleasure seekers. And why did they call it ecstasy? You know, because the nature of the soul is to be ecstatic. You know, they even talk about that in scriptures again and again. He he became ecstatic with love for God. He became ecstatic due to this spiritual, you know, experience that he had and so on. So, again, that's the nature of the soul. But... The substitute was to make a drug that made it so you feel so good, and it's a it's a drug that makes you feel so good, not because of just some psychedelic hallucinations and whatever, whatever, or kind of lightheaded and floaty, but you felt love. You see, you on, on this particular drug instills the uh, experience of love. I love you. I love everybody. You know, and so that is above the psychedelic colors and lights and seeing through walls and, you know, flying through the astral dimension or whatever. This is on another level. It's the love level that people know is beyond all those cosmic things. So, therefore, it became very popular. So you go to a rave party, you take ecstasy, the music is pumping, you know, and it was certain, you know, flavor of music that enhanced the whole experience. And you felt love, you know, ecstatic. In fact, one of the places that first started in America where it was, you know, popularized, you know, initially was Boulder, Colorado. That's where the, the thing kind of got started, you know, ground floor. And so after, you know, people experienced this for, for you know, some short period of time, somebody came out with a bumper sticker It said, Warning, do not get married for at least two weeks after taking ecstasy. <laughs> because you take ecstasy, you meet some woman or a guy, oh, the love of my life, you love them so much, so, and you go get married. And then you come down, and here's the reality, and uh-oh, you know, made a mistake. So they came up with that, wait for at least two weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good solution
0: <laughs> so anyway everybody's trying to have the the spiritual world without god and without spiritual life because happiness and pleasure and ecstasy and satisfaction and all this is the the nature of the spiritual world that's a prevailing reality of the spiritual world and and spiritual life and so People want that, but they don't want God. They don't want spiritual anything. You know, if they want to go to a spiritual, what they call spiritual level, it's about the astral dimension, you know, spirit beings and, you know, mediums and ghosts and, you know, relating to relatives that have left this this physical dimension that we're in right now. You know, they're on the, quote, other side, so you want to communicate with them. and You know, and they think this is spiritual. This is not spiritual. This is just another level of material life, and it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't make you happy. It's the same result, you know, whether you can astral travel through yoga or psychedelic drugs or whatever. It does not satisfy the soul, see. So it's, again, just a subtler, seemingly deeper spiritual attempt to find a substitute for real spiritual life. And it's it's doomed to failure. It's guaranteed to fail. Guaranteed. Impossible.
1: So what you mentioned about, you, you, you spoke about, um, sacrifice and you, we speak about, um, satisfied within in the heart and sacrifice what 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 is that and how is that
0: well you have to sacrifice these material sensual experiences as you're all in all for actually the vedas the, the direction it says he who doubts the revealed scriptures the revealed scriptures are that that guideline to tell you how to live and yes you have to give up some Hedonistic sensual pleasures. You can't have everything. See, this is another idea. I want the world and I want it now. I want it all and I want it right now. You know, that everything that people think comes out as a version of a song sooner or later. Or maybe many, many versions, right? Because people are just saying what they feel. You know. So here's another one. It said, I want the world and I want it now. You know, instant sense gratification. I want everything right now you know and another one was the guy who had the world he said stop the world i want to get off <laughs> <laughs> another song from another guy who had a different reality you know
1: but, but but that and that that's the two perspectives that's all that's the choices we have yeah we have we have getting into it fully satisfying the senses like full hedonism or we have like being a monk out in the himalayas get rid of it all yeah. <laughs> not but the-
0: it, it's 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 the that's the picture that people see, that's what they think, but it's not true. Like in Bhakti Yoga, which is the platform that we speak from, that's what you and I both, you know, embrace and practice and try to pass to others. So we utilize the senses, we utilize the mind, we utilize the body and all the facilities that it offers. We utilize our talents, we utilize our creativity, we utilize our passions, you know, in service to the Supreme Lord. We we glorify God, you know, with our hearts, with our minds, you know. We we have a relationship, you know, that doesn't deny us ourselves. It doesn't deny love. It actually embraces it, but on the true level, you see. So you you. If you're a business person and you have the ability to make money, you know, you don't deny that and say, no, no, that's that's bad, that's evil. You know, money is the root of all evil. And if I'm going to be spiritual, I have to, you know, renounce that. You take that money and you use it in some way to serve, please, the Supreme Lord. Propagate the truth. You know, if if you're a producer of movies, you can, you know... <laughs> Make movies or, or videos or whatever you are. If you're a writer, if you're a, a, a song uh, writer, if you're a singer, you're a musician, whatever—all these are talents. These are God-given abilities that an individual possesses. Now, I can use it for my own self-aggrandizement to make it so people look at me to prove how good I am, or to maybe even uh, promote a. a, a basically of goodness material cause you know to, to kind of promote a, a better lifestyle for the planet or you know a better lifestyle to stop the suffering of animals or whatever you know but it's altruistic kind of work philanthropic kind of work but it's still on a material level you see or I can actually under the guidance of scripture which is available and the spiritual master who has this knowledge in full and knows how to implement it for every individual, I can take that guidance, be redirected by these authoritative sources and then act as I'm supposed to act and that is my eternal position of servant of God. And in so doing, I get a satisfaction from that that is in the heart. I, the spirit soul, am gratified not my senses not my mind as yeah they are too I mean they will get their pleasures but they'll also get their pains I mean that's built in you know but I the spirit soul will feel satisfied in my heart because that's where I am in the body I'm in the heart so I will feel satisfied you know I will feel happy and it may not be the happiness of you know an alcoholic stupor or the happiness of a clown or you know the happiness of Wow, that was the best thing I ever tasted or whatever. It's a subtle, grounded, you know, concrete feeling of satisfaction. I feel good. I feel good. You know, I feel, I have a sense of well-being, you know. And this is is what we're looking for, you know.
1: But that's when we we don't see God as... (laughs) When we see God as someone who is supposed to provide us with what we need to satisfy our senses in this world, that's a problem because then we we don't act in the real role of a loving relationship with him which will satisfy us, right?
0: Right, we act as the exploiter. I mean, most people, let's face it, most people don't even accept there is a God. I mean, the prevailing consciousness now is there is no God. You know, atheistic teachings are, are the most popular and the most prevalent, you know. So uh, <clears throat> there's a limited number of people who even accept there is a supreme person. You know, even these you know mystic yogis, the the high level spiritual levitating, you know, gurus. You know, they also don't accept there's a supreme person. They know they're, a, they're, they're they they you know understand there's a supreme energy beyond material. There is spiritual. And I am spirit, they know that, I'm spirit, I'm not this material body. But they're trying to merge into this ocean of energy, spiritual effulgence, light, you know, they describe it in many different ways. So they don't also accept, they also don't accept the existence of a supreme person. They deny, so that's an atheistic teaching as well, see. So they're not trying to harmonize with a personality because there is no personality, They don't accept there's a supreme person with a supreme will who is the source of everything I'm looking for. He's the source of pleasure. He's the source of satisfaction. He's the source of happiness. He's the source of love. He is that in its personified original form, and it radiates out. When I connect with that personality, then that will actually infuse me with the same thing. So I'm looking... For that, but refuse to accept it, you know. Refuse to accept it, you know, because I want to be the number one. I want to be the source of my happiness. I want to create my own reality, and this is a, a huge philosophy. I will create my own reality,
1: truth, and you, you have your own truth, and I have mine. And you know,
0: we are the minds. Some people think, and I, and whatever I want, I can get. All these these powers of attraction and, and, you know, the secret. and It's still, I'm number one. And if God is even recognized, he's a provider for my pleasure. So I, he's, he's my servant. God, your position in relation to me is, give me what I want. Just like the spoiled brat kid who has a rich parent and, and demands from the parent, give me what I want. You know, give me money. Give me a new car. Give me a vacation to Tahiti. Give me whatever, you see. And when the father doesn't do that, then he doesn't want to know the father. I hate you. I don't like you, you know. So if God doesn't cater to our desires and demands, then we turn against God so quickly. If God gives us what we want, oh, please heal my loved one. And miraculously, the loved one gets healed. I love God. But, God, please heal my loved one, and the loved one dies, I hate God. There is no God. It's all an illusion. And if there is a God, he doesn't give a damn. It's not faith, you know. It's, it's, it's filled with self-serving desires. It's not faith. Faith means the belief, in let's go beyond belief. It's the belief in but the conviction of that there's a reality beyond what I can experience myself, either by my senses, my mind, my life's experience. See, faith means it's true even though I can't prove it, but gradually begin to experience it. See, the faith grows, you know, as the relationship grows by how? Sacrifices following the scriptures, following the guidance of the spiritual teacher, then my experience grows. My knowing becomes stronger. And if somebody asks you, how do you know? You can't transfer that knowing to them. You know? You can't because it's a personal experience that's beyond, you know, scientific proof or, you know, whatever people are looking for, you know, to to prove the things that they can't see. So, and the sacrifices here... You know, we're all involved in in various sacrifices in life. Come on. You know, everybody's sacrificing something every day, you know. To get up and go to work, I have to sacrifice sleep, you know. That's why on Saturday we don't get up and go to work. We sleep, you know. That's the one day when I don't have to sacrifice my sleep, you know. Or if you want to stay fit and healthy, you got to sacrifice, you know, many of the foods that the tongue loves, the chocolates, the cookies, the candies, the ice cream, the junk, you know, the crap, you know, that tastes good but destroys your health. So you want to be healthy? You got to sacrifice, you know. You got to not let the tongue rule your, you know, your life and, and wind up, you know, just an obese, you know, person with, with uh, you know, diabetes and, and cardiovascular disease. So you had to sacrifice something the athlete show me any athlete that hasn't sacrificed a lot especially the top tier athletes they got to sacrifice the parties they got to sacrifice the alcohol they got to be on a strict training regime they got to eat a certain diet you know they got to sacrifice huge they got to get up when they don't want to get up when it's cold and go out and train you know they got to do all kinds of sacrifices why because the goal is worth it If I can achieve this goal, it will make all that sacrifice more than worth it, you know. And while they're competing, they're sacrificing, you know. And listen to these, you know, endurance athletes and so on. And they tell you how much they're suffering, you know, how much they want to quit. Their mind is screaming, don't, it's enough, stop, you know. They throw up, you know, they, they can't even hardly walk. And they just keep going because they're so determined. They're sacrificing all kinds of comforts, you know, during the competition just to finish or if they're, you know, maybe going to win, just to win. But many aren't even thinking they're going to win. They just want to finish to prove I did it. You know, I got a belt buckle. <laughs> or, you know, I got a little piece of paper, you know.
1: But that So is very... we,
0: sacrifice, huh? we sacrifice all the time. This is my point.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and that's very inspiring to people. People are attracted to that. I mean, there's so many blogs of these runners and extreme people doing <laughs> that. So we are inspired by people who do sacrifice.
0: Yeah. So why aren't we inspired for people who sacrifice, you know, their whole material involvement in hedonistic lifestyles for spiritual endeavors spiritual achievements spiritual goals why because it's not trendy it's not popular it's not cool and i don't want to go there i don't want to do that you know i can have my ultra marathon uh, hero you know and i'll never do it myself but i can you know watch him do it and suffer you know and think wow that guy is really good you know but how many people are watching videos of a person who's happy from a spiritual endeavor you know it's not interesting to them You know, I'm not not interested in that. How many people are going to like what we're saying right now? Not many people, you know. But if I was talking about, you know, some material thing, you know, that I did, you know, I could get, you know, many more likes and you too, you know. Oh, great, great show, man. Thank you, guys. It's really cool.
1: (laughs) So we have a very... Realistic expectations on how many listeners and viewers will have. <laughs> of this. But, but
0: our position is not to, to, to continue to fuel the illusion, you know. Not to continue to make people think they can be happy from a from a path or a lifestyle or a source in which they can't be happy. I mean, why promote that? It's already promoted everywhere. And people are fully buying in, you know. So why do that when i know it's not true i would be untrue to to myself i'd be true untrue to others i'd I'd be promoting you know a lie
1: yeah but you get followers and money and fame and you get appreciated and you get loved
0: (laughs) you do (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's why you know at some point whether it's through you know just complete material devastation hitting the bottom so to speak whether it's some tragedy in your life that took away you know your life death of a loved one for instance or whatever you know some people instead of just turning back to their old ways of life they really embark on a new journey you know they really want to know what next you know and it's interesting you know if if you've been present, I have been present in several cases. When, you know, somebody dies that's very dear to other people, you know, and and the wife or the husband or the parents or or whatever, they're more open to spiritual talks than they were before the person died. But it wears off, you know, maybe two weeks, two months, you know, six months later, you know, they're kind of just being covered over again by, you know, materialism and, you know, the norm, so to speak, and, you know, associating with other people that, you know, are living the normal life. And and they just kind of lose their interest.
2: You
1: know? Because the influence is so strong. It's
0: so strong. You know, society's influence is just devastatingly strong. And people want to be liked, they want to be popular. You know, that's that's part of satisfaction, isn't it? That's why, you know, these social media platforms, you know, the more likes you get, the more happy you are, the more satisfied you are. You know, it's fake, it's temporary, it, it doesn't really make you happy, but, you know, it's it's something, you know, it, it's something. You know, I got 5 million followers, you know, and so, you know, you know Khabib, the UFC, you know, champion, anyway, anyway may maybe not but anyway he's very popular around. he's he's quite a he's quite a together guy I, you know he says some good things and you know he he's sacrificed a lot you know and he follows you know islam and he's got some principles definitely so but anyway he's got 27 million followers you know but he's 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 very humble about it he doesn't cuz he's got another base you know he's got a spiritual base you know, that gives him some some character, some standard to live by. And he's trying to help other people, you know, come up to a higher standard, you know. So, you know, he's from Dakistan. You know, and... But anyway, the point is, a spiritual base is, is a different outlook on life than a materialistic, hedonistic base, you know. And... uh You know, so our Vedic teaching is is the highest level of understanding, guidance, explanation, you know, about these truths, you know. It has information about all the aspects of life, about life, about death, about reincarnation, about all the things that are reality that goes on, you know, and how you can't be happy from all these material enjoyments and, so, so you know, the idea was we already are sacrificing, like it or don't like it. You know, you know, every day people go to work; they're sacrificing, you know, time they could be doing what they'd probably rather be doing. Some people like their work so much that they'd rather be working, but not very many. You know, you know, that's why, you know, they're saying TGIF. You know that saying? Thank God it's Friday. You know, so I don't have to go to work tomorrow. I got weekend. I got Saturday and Sunday to play. You know, to do what I want to do. You know, so uh, so that you know. But it's a necessary evil. I mean, people describe work like that. It's a necessary evil. You know, because I gotta have money. I gotta survive and whatever, whatever. And uh, just yeah.
1: No, just. I, I I just see the sun in the first time for three months. I think we just have some sun at my house and we haven't had that for so I'm just a bit a bit distracted. It's look at the sun quite, because quite it's amazing. only gonna last
0: for twenty minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just peaks its head over the
0: horizon and gone.
1: Yeah yeah only just peaks are above the horizon. and we're surrounded by mountains as well so it's kind of covered I mean in the rest of Trump so it kind of appeared like a month Mm -hmm. ago or half a month ago but we just got it here wow Mm. and that is I mean I don't know you you, if you if, if you had a track maybe you were going but but I'm just thinking you know this is nature appreciating sun appreciating being you know that's that's I think the ultimate satisfaction for for many people is like they they feel that that's it.
0: it is and it's it's good. I mean, appreciate the sun, but then don't forget where the sun came from. you know who's the creator of the sun? you know how is the sun so perfectly you know rising and setting and heating the universe and all the things that the sun does to, to make it so we survive you no sun, no survival. You know, and where did that perfect arrangement come from? From the perfect person, you know. So if we we let nature and and all the wonders that are surrounding us everywhere, you know, remind us of God and and our you know dependency on God. Really, you know, people say there is no God, but if there wasn't a God, you wouldn't exist. There would be no nothing. There'd be no you. There'd be no yesterday, tomorrow. There would be no anything. You know, so, you know, people say I'm not dependent on God. I'm independent. I'm I'm self-sufficient, right? You know, you know, where did your body come from? Where do your teeth come from? Where do does the food that you chew, your food with those teeth, come from? You know, where where does how does this whole thing work? You know, where does love come from? Why are you attracted to another person and you're getting your some some semblance of happiness from loving that person? You know people say they're not, they're independent, that's completely, complete ignorance, that's what it is, just complete ignorance, you know, it's, its that's all, it's complete denial of truth.
2: Mm.
1: But how about, how about people who, I mean, you, how about people who try to find love in the perfect relationship? I think that's, you know, to, to speak about that, is that... <laughs> Why doesn't that work <laughs>
0: well, that's interesting. I gave a whole lecture on that last night for uh for Russia you know love what is it and how to find it you know and you know that's a whole lecture, but you know we are love, what is love? love is a natural you know part of the soul you know why because the Supreme Lord, the original supreme soul is The source of love. God is love is a statement that has been declared in the Bible and different scriptures. And it's true. God is love. You cannot separate love from God. That means you can't separate love from the individual soul because we're parts and parcel of the original supreme soul. We have all the qualities of the supreme soul, but in a minute quantity. So you have love. I have love. We are love. Love is part of our essence. It's our very being, you see. And what is love? Let's in an exchange between two people. You can't love alone, you know. You, you we use it so loosely, you know. The word love, you know, if anything gives you some semblance of pleasure, you know, you say, "I love it." I love pizza, <laughs> you know. I love, I love the sun. I love the sun. You know. I love whatever, mm. but really, love is a, is, a, is a personal exchange between two people. You know, and that experience is so fulfilling and so satisfying that we're willing to sacrifice again we're willing to sacrifice everything for that relationship. I'll sacrifice my money, my health where I live. I love to live in Tromsø, but my love lives in Stavanga, and I want to you know be with her so i'll I'll move to stavanga. I don't really like it, but I love it because she's there, you know. We'll do all kinds of things. We'll sacrifice anything and everything for love. Our life, you know, our love, one falls in the raging river. We'll immediately dive in to save them, you know, and knowing that I'm probably going to die too, but I'll do my best, you see. Love is selfless. It's not self-centered. But the love we know now is not love. It's lust. See, it's Getting and not giving Love is giving Lust is getting So lust is the upside down reflection The perverted reflection Of love so That's why relationships now You know Are so exploitative And so conditional And I love you If you love me And you know I, I used to love you But I don't anymore Because you used to Give me pleasure Now you don't And you know I love you But I hate you You know Lust comes produces anger. So the one you love the most winds up being the one you hate the most. Yeah. I and on and on it goes. Because it's not the perfect person to love. The perfect person to love is the supreme person. And being the reservoir of love, you are filled with love from the reservoir. And now your heart is satisfied. Back to the idea. I'm satisfied. You know, our hearts are not satisfied. We want more love. No matter how much I love, I want more love, you know, which is the nature of lust. No matter how much I get, I want more, you see. So that's why, uh, you know, I can never achieve the goal through the, the loves of this world. And, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect person in the eyes of lust, you know. In the eyes of love, true love, you know everyone's perfect because we're all perfect personalities, parts and parcel of the original perfect person. see so the perfection of the individual soul is reached when the individual soul is harmonizing and in union with the supreme soul in a in a union of love and this is yoga this is pure yoga, so that is that is where pure love is to be found you know so therefore the loves of this world are temporary you know even if i i think i'm loving this person you know fully and i'm satisfied i'm okay with this relationship there is you know happiness here it's temporary it's shaky i'm always in anxiety because i know it's going to end you know death will come along if if not before something else death will come along and separate us you know and now, I'm, I'm devastated, or I leave, and I'm, I'm yeah. struggling not to leave. You know, I'm trying to stay with the one I love, but I can't. They're holding my hand, but I got to go. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's just a source of pain. Whereas love is not a source of pain. Love is a source of pleasure. See, lust is a source of pain. Mm-hmm. So many people give up on love because it's too painful. I sacrificed everything. And now I'm just racked with pain. I don't even want to live. I have no reason to live. You see. So again, scripture reveals these truths. This is this is not an illusion. The 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 ideas that that I can truly be happy from the love of this world is an illusion. You see. But if I have that love for God, my heart is filled. I'm satisfied. You know. I'm truly happy from this love then I can love everybody, truly, you know. I can just rain love on the wife, the husband, the children, the family, the friends, and everyone. Mercy is an accompanying love. I will have mercy. Compassion is another companion of love. I will have compassion. All those qualities that are laudable and actually make life, you know, perfectly complete, are emanations from love
1: and there's a <laughs> the story of love no but um the how do you hold on to that in this world you you were speaking about people who um you know after two weeks well they what something happens you, you open your eyes but how do you hold on to being able to maintain this consciousness that you're speaking about in the long run without falling back
0: because just like any relationship in this world, you've got to maintain it. you got to cultivate it. Tell me anybody that's got a relationship with another person, you know, let's just say the intimate ones, the love of the husband to the wife, the wife to the husband, see? they got to maintain it. they got to cultivate it. It's not a one-time event. It's an everyday event, you know, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. You've got to you know, express those loving feelings. you got to cultivate that love. you got to serve the other person. you got to show the other person you care, you know. You've got to really, really, you know, be real about the relationship. If there's really loving relationship, all that's automatic, all that's easy. You know, a good husband is a good husband automatically if he really loves the wife. If he really cares for that person, he doesn't have to work at it. He doesn't have to think, oh, well, now, I should do this. You know, well, if I don't do that, my wife will be displeased. It's like, yeah, I want to do this because I know it will please her, you know, and she's thinking the same thing. Oh, I know, you know, when my husband comes home, if I have cooked this food, which is his favorite one, he's going to like it. Not, Oh, I have to cook that because he's coming home soon, and, you know, if he doesn't, if I don't, he'll be bummed, you know. That's not what we're talking about. It's automatic. So when we're talking about the ultimate relationship with the Supreme Lord, you have to work at it. You have to cultivate it. You have to maintain it. You know, and if you don't, weeds will grow up. You know, a person who raises a great garden has to cultivate it every day. He's got to go out and pull the weeds. He's got to water it. You know, he's got to tend to it with great attention. You know, then he'll have a successful garden. You know, but if he doesn't, he just neglects it. Then he won't. So you know, oh God, I love you. I surrender you, and just go about our life and pay him no attention. That relationship's fake. It's not going anywhere. You know. So again, our Vedic teachings and our spiritual masters—they, hmm. you know, give us uh, guidelines, help. You know, they teach us. You know, how to how to do these things, how to maintain the relationship. We have everyday practices that we, we engage in to maintain the relationship. You know, the meditation that we do, you know, the Garanga meditation, the you know, chanting with the, the music, the Sankritan meditations and so on, you know, chanting on beads, japa meditation. You know, we do that every day, you know, to maintain that relationship. We make offerings, we're always, like that's like the example of the sun, you know, thinking, oh, the sun is up, I haven't seen it in three months, namaste, you know, and then thinking, oh, wow, you know, it says in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, I am the light of the sun and the moon, and he also describes that the sun and the moon are the eyes of the Supreme Lord, you know, in the material world they represent, you know, Hmm. so you look at the sun and it, boom, Oh, I am the light of the sun and the moon. Or, you know, oh, the eye of the Lord, you know, has appeared and is, you know, there for me to see. These kind of things cultivate that relationship. They maintain the relationship, you know. And if we just, you know, go about our everyday life, we forget.
1: What's that? You you, you just disappeared after eye of the Lord.
0: So... Anyway, if we we use these, these are facilities that we have right in front of us to remind us of that relationship. See, these are little reminders that are everywhere, you know, and we can either not see them at all or we can see them. And this is what maintains, but it doesn't just maintain it. We're not talking about just maintaining it cultivates, increases the relationship. See, it's an ever-growing relationship. Not just maintenance, but expanding. Mm. And and that's what love is all about. It's ever-expanding. It's called fathomless. Love is fathomless. I mean, there's no bottom. You know, you can't love to the end because there's no end. Mm. So that means...
1: It's like, like, like you're saying about lust, but in the, in the correct way. Like lust is never satisfied. Yeah, because
0: lust is love perverted. So all the natures of love are present in lust, but in a perverted form. So if, lust, if, if love is endless, lust is endless. You never get enough. You see? If, if uh, love is all nourishing, then lust is all depleting. It sucks us dry. It eats us up. You see, it doesn't nourish us and build us up and bring us ultimate real happiness and pleasure. Lust does the opposite. It depletes us. It tears us down. You know, it makes us so we come to the end of the road. Suicide. It's, you know, if you know the nature of the spiritual world and the material world and how the material world is the perverted or upside-down reflection of the spiritual world, you can know how the spiritual world is by looking at the material world. Just like looking in a mirror, you can know the the, the real image that's being reflected. But it's backwards, isn't it? Left is right and right is left. You see. So, you know, if you can accept that this material world is a reflection of the spiritual world, but in its imperfect form or condition or reality... Then you can know the perfection of the spiritual world see, and in this
1: this world is yeah, full of this, relationships that's what I would just going relationships. To say relationships
0: mm. 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 that it's not just a relationship with God, and everybody's just you know up there loving God and nobody else The, the spiritual world is is you know is populated I've used that word because we're we' use it's populated or filled with people. Mm-hmm that are all loving God, but they're also loving all loving each other. It's a, it's a big, you know, dimension of of absolute love between all living entities that are in the spiritual world. Everybody. It's not just selective. I love you, but I don't love you. I love this group of people, but I don't love this group of people. You know, it's not like that. That's this world, mm. you see. Again, the opposite. You know, our love in this world is very selective, you know.
1: I was once at the festival called Space of Love, you know. (laughs) But again, this is a perverted reflection of (laughs) that. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, you know, it's... All these teachings that that we refer to and, and, and follow aren't to make it so we're unhappy. They're not to take pleasure away. They're actually to give us real pleasure. See? So let's, let's read this one more time. What does it say? Oh, best of the Kuru dynasty. Without sacrifice, one can never live happily on this planet or in this life. What then of the next? No sacrifice, no happiness. On this planet, in this life. you are talking about planet Earth here. You know? Hmm. And what, a, what to say of life in the next? Next life. You see, when you die, you will be reborn into another situation, another life. You won't be happy there either. If you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy then either. See, no sacrifice, no happiness. Doubt the revealed scriptures, no possibility. You know, cannot.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's you. I always hear about this comparison of, you know when you taste a pizza that tastes better than the other one then it's easy to give up the pizza that doesn't taste yeah. so good you just like yeah.
0: higher taste for a lower taste <laughs> you no know, it's it's just normal you know people do it all the time you know the pleasure of this world actually you know we're we're tasting them i'm tasting that pleasure you know not on the tongue necessarily but i'm tasting it and if it's bitter i go away if it's sweet i'm attracted you see and we're always looking for the higher taste the sweeter taste because life by nature is sweet you know you know it's it's kind of interesting how as we live you know long long time in our body you know and our senses dry up gradually And we can't experience the sensual pleasures as we did before, you know, and pretty soon we're incapacitated to different degrees and we can't go and do the things that used to make us happy. You know, so, and oftentimes loved ones either die as we get older, they die or, you know, they don't want to deal with us anymore because we're just a burden, we're a nuisance, we don't provide them any pleasure, you know, we just, you know, require so much sacrifice on their part and the real love is not there, you see. So anyway, you wind up kinda alone and debilitated and you know, senses depleted and you know, just just some memories left that, you know, you try to find happiness from, remembering the good old days, so to speak. You know. And so life becomes, you know, bit by bit increasingly more bitter. Right? And that's why, you know, many times elderly people are kind of bitter. I'm not saying all, but many times they're, they're kind of bitter, you know, toward life, you know, and so on. And so one of the last senses that disappears is the pleasure of taste, the tongue. So they'll eat more candy to get that sweet taste on the tongue, you know, just something sweet, you know, just give me a little something sweet, you know. And it doesn't have to be an old person. I mean, you know, many... Young people, their life is very bitter too. So, you know, that's one, you know, fake alternative is candy. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, but life by nature is is the sweetest of the sweet, you know. And and it's described like that in scripture. There is no taste like it's called, you know, love for God or, or prema. Prema in Sanskrit language means, you know, Pure ecstatic love, and it's the sweetest taste of all, you know. And and so, this is what the soul is craving, but we don't know where to find it. prema you know, is is the highest taste, sweetest taste of all. So anyway, we, our time is almost up, so we can. Uh,
1: I want to do some chanting, i uh, you know, we yeah, just describing all these things we do and and you know but but how yeah, I just let's let's chant a bit, let's realize this, let's try it, and let's feel it,
0: yeah, man, let's feel it, it's an experience, you know, the chanting experience, okay, so we're going to do a, a chanting with mm-hmm. the guitar music. Called Sankirtan, and the mantra is going to be Goranga and Hari Om. Can you hear that?
1: Yeah, I heard that.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. Now I great. can see you as well. Oh, how about that?
1: How about Hari Om? We have Hari Om on your hat.
0: So oh, I've got it on my hat. <laughs> we will do Goranga and Hari Om. How about that?
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: Okay, I'm going to chant, everybody listen, then everybody respond, I listen.
2: i Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: that's sankirtan. Now here's an interesting point that I want everybody to listen to closely and maybe you know even accept. The sacrifice prescribed by scripture for the age we live in right now is just what we did. That is the sacrifice. Yeah, oh, wow. It's called Hare nama. Sacrifice. Harinama kirtan. So, is that difficult? Is that really, really, really putting you out? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's so easy. It's so nice, you know. And again, you can use any tune. You can use any type of music. Some people like one type. Some people like another type. Mix it up. Fast, slow, melodic more you know dynamic whatever it's all the sacrifice recommended in scripture by the supreme lord for kali yuga right now
1: that seems amazing (laughs) good news
0: (laughs) there's a word in sanskrit called dharma some of you yogis may have heard the word Dharma, you know, translated roughly into English means religion. But it's not religion like sectarian beliefs, you know, Christian, Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, this kind of religion. It means the prescribed activity for people from scripture, from the the spiritual authorities. Okay. So it said that the Yuga Dharma... Yuga is the time period we live in right now, Kali Yuga, Dharma, religion. The religion for the age of Kali Yuga is hearing and chanting the mantras. So there you go. Anybody can do it. (laughs) And, yeah, I've known whole bands that were very popular before, you know they they like it was a band in New Zealand actually years ago, and they were the number one band in New Zealand. I mean everybody listened to their music. They were always performing, etc. They heard these teachings. They heard, wow, you can be a musician like us and still engage in this process, and you know it's it's going to be really satisfying, and so on. they all became, you know, involved in this process. And, and you know, they changed their music from, you know, the rock and roll and so on that they were noted for to the mantras, you know. Amazing musicians, amazing musicians. You know, and they just, wow. and all their fans went, wow, this must be something going on because these guys, you know, they're doing it. So a lot of their followers also you know started doing it too
1: what 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 is the name of this band they
0: were known as the spies and it was in the uh 1969 70 71 era you know wow and now they they're just making now the main, the main uh, lead singer for that group at that time he was the the lead guitarist Pralad. he has a band now called Pralad and the chants You've heard them.
1: I've heard yeah. about him. <laughs> now he's in wow. Australia and he has a,
0: a band and they got amazing stuff online. Prahlad and the chants. You know, maybe you can post that link somewhere and, and, huh. uh, yeah, yeah, you can hear. But you know, for the last since 1971, he's been using his musical skills. You know, in to, to propagate this this transcendental teaching you know, and give people this this sacrifice in the most pleasing way, you know. So don't think you're not going to have a good time if you, you know, even mm-hmm. think about looking at this. No, this is where life begins, not ends. This is where the fun starts,
1: you know. So. That's, I'm going to remember that yeah, one.
0: This is where the fun starts. Yeah, so.
1: Fun starts.
0: You know. but don't take my <laughs> word for it much. try Thank it you. yourself you know. we're not asking you to accept blindly what we say we're saying try and see you know. and gradually you know for some people it'll be yeah like like for the spies <laughs> you know that's how, that's how it is Awesome. Alright, so I gotta go. Thank you very much Ruben and say hurry both to your all the family there, Namaste. And remember, hurry on
1: So that's it for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. And uh you know feel free to share this podcast, this information to your friends and family, help them also have this inspiration, motivation, and you know a little bit of deeper insights into life so stay true to yourself and dare to break trail